and welcome to another episode of The Science Patrol. Join us as we discuss the adventures of A.G. Subarai's Warriors of Light and their unending fight against the forces of darkness and relentless monster armies. And now, the hosts of The Science Patrol, Rich Conroy and Pat Rooney. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another fantastic episode of The Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. My name is Rich Conroy. With me, as usual, is Mr. the lovely and talented Mr. Patrick Rooney. I almost blew your intro. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's all right. That's oh. all right. I can almost live without being lovely and talented. I'm it's neither it. lovely nor talented. I don't know about that. <laughs> You're lovely. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, we're t- talking about two episodes of Ultraman Towards the Future today. Uh, in an update, we are recording this the day before Memorial Day. I still have not seen Infinity War, and uh, it's driving me a little nutsy. I would think so by now. Yeah. Oh, no, he shut, he shut this in. <laughs> He's like, I can hear you jerks from downstairs. Oh, there he goes. Uh, Go hey, buddy, we're recording a podcast here. What are you doing? He's going to sit behind me. Yeah, of course he, he is. No, well. Anyhow, we're covering two episodes today. Well, I'll be covering one, and then Pat and I will be covering the other one, because yeah, Pat I forgot to watch episode four. I didn't say I was smart. He got, <laughs> um, so we're going to watch episode four and episode five. Episode four, according to the Ultraman Wikia, is called The Storm Hunter. Um, episode five, according to Blast the Blast from the Past. Is Blast uh, from the Past, yes. And I wrote down the rest of the episodes, which I'm going to leave with you, because I'm not smart. <laughs> Then <laughs> we'll leave episode six that I see. I watched five and six. Yes, yeah. I'm not smart. Yeah, you should watch four though, just because it's pretty good. I'll get back to it. It's I'll a pretty good. We'll watch that, and then we'll, you can give us your impressions okay. for the next episode. Fair enough. Um, basically, a couple of hunters were uh, hunting kangaroos when a dust devil picks their car up and drops it. Okay. The idea is there's these two schmandricks. Right, uh, just hunting kangaroos, obviously, well, in the middle of the They're outback, not really is... hunting kangaroos. There's just one guy with a Uzi, because every bad guy in this se- this time of the this time of the late eighties, early nineties had an Uzi, Uzi. Okay. Right? So um he's just shooting things to shoot them. And he's like, Come on, we've gotta go back and he goes, No, I'm out of I'm not out of ammo yet. And he's like, I'm uh, just shooting for the sake yeah, of shooting. Yeah, just shooting things for the sake of shooting it. And he shoots this mound of rocks, which okay. just like a burial mound sort of thing. And he goes, now nah, they're dead rocks. And the other guy's like, oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, I would be. He's like, I'm going to take out my camera because I told my wife we were going out uh, for photography. Okay. Right? Okay. So he takes the, his two dogs out of the car. He's got two hunting dogs with him. And the other guy is like, uh, I'm going to look around here and do this. And this huge dust devil comes up. And starts Which coming, happen. barreling down the road straight at the car. Okay. So the, the the guy with the Uzi freaks <coughs> out, gets in the car, and drives away. Lee abandons his friend, right? Oh, that's great. Right? The car gets picked up, spun around, and smashed down to the ground, and it kills the guy. Okay, fair enough. Okay, right? So the guy, the, 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 the photography guy is carrying his camera, and he sees the whole thing, right? And didn't film it, obviously. Oh, no, he did. He films oh, okay. the whole thing, right? So that's where Yuma comes in. Yuma's talking to him, but there's a scene where he he's like, "Oh no!" And he doesn't. You don't hear him say it. He's just it's just mouthing, right? He's like, "Oh no!" And he's like, "Jesus Christ!" And he can just read his lips. And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> we couldn't say that, but we can mouth it, all right." We can say something else though. And in ep- in the next episode, Gene says something, and I rewound it twice. I don't remember. Uh, what she said. We'll get there. Okay. okay. Slight spoilers. So, um, Jack 
assume since there was no cloud in the sky that the Gudis virus has infecting something. So Jack and Lloyd uh, try now. Out Lloyd is the the, the black tools. gentleman. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who is the worst right. actor in the series. Oh, he's gone awful. Yeah. I have to give him that. He's he is terrible. The girl that plays Jean uh, yeah. is not terrible. Yeah. Everybody else is solid. Yeah. And, and that guy's not good. Yo, no, he's terrible. No, he's not he's good. Very, very bad. Yeah. I mean, the guy that plays Jack, our actual hero. Yeah. Not really good. No, <laughs> not really. But not terrible. He's soap opera good. He's soap opera good. Yeah, yeah that's the best way to put it. Yeah, he's, he's soap, soap opera good. good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, for I guess for girls, he's easy on the eyes. Yeah, I, he doesn't think too much, and he just says what the lines tell him to say. No inflection, no nothing. Oh no, there's there's he. I think he over inflects on some stuff. Where he's, you can see it in his face, like, I'm supposed to be angry here. Yeah, but I mean, it, 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 it is one of those things where you sit there going, he's either over-inflecting or he's not inflecting at all. Right. There's no happy medium of, I'll just say a little bit more yeah, no. to get a little bit of... No, no, no it's, it's all... It's, I'm everything's over broad. The top he might be a, or nothing. He may be a soap actor. I don't know what uh, Dory, Dor, Dor Krause does. What is that what his name is? Dory Krause, Dor Krause. Um, Close enough. I'm going to tell you right it's now. It's not that important. It is important. You know, it, well, <laughs> since he's our main character, I yeah, guess. He's the guy. I mean, you know. It's Dor. D-O-R-E Krause. Would that be Dore? I don't know. That's don't a good know. question. I don't know. Hey, Owen, can you go downstairs? That'd be great. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. No, there's literally no other he, information about him. About him other than Ultraman. Okay. Future. Fine. That is it. But he has been active since 1990. Well, that's when this series came out. Yeah. Because you can pretty much tell it's a very 90s oh, series. Oh, yes. Very, there's very late 80s. Because there's the one guy who always wears, like, loud shirts and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Let's see here. Um, so they try out at one of the local bars, hoping to find uh, Majudi, a local aboriginal storm chaser. But the locals were completely uncooperative. Um, this they are about to leave. The Dust Devil forms uh, appears again, and after it vanishes, uh, Majudi appears and promises to help out, explaining that the Torna was in fact uh, Dejunga, a storm god. Now he insists that the Dejunga was angered by outsiders who had vandalized its resting place. Um, now I'm going to guess Dejunga is a Maori god because I've never heard of him at all. No, I guess he was an Aboriginal Australian god. Are what those Maoris? I don't yeah, think so. I think so. Well, now you're going to make me look that up? Sure, why not? <laughs> the Aboriginals are Maori. So. Yeah, pretty much. Vamp. Well, Which I is going to be tough because you haven't seen it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I like I said, I think the Maoris are Aboriginals. I think it's about the same thing. About the same thing. I'm not just sure. I don't know. Largely defined as people who are members of the Aboriginal race of Australia. There you go. See? Yeah, I knew that. But I don't well, think they're Maori. Yeah, oh, I don't. You just said. I said Aboriginal. Well, are legally defined as people who are members of the Aboriginal Aboriginal race. tribe of Australia. Now Maori. Go ahead. They're from uh, a different island. Are from indigenous people of Polynesia. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. So they are separated by thousands of miles. Yeah, thousands of miles. But I can see where you'd make that mistake, sure. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> what do I know? So anyway, um, 
they, uh, you know, they, apparently they think that's was the resting place where the um, the goodness had infected something and okay. uh, was making making the this thing happen. Yeah, right. Gotcha. Um, let's get me back to Juga here. So um, he insists that you know it was angered by outsiders and um, and that it also behaves unnaturally, likely because it's infected. Infected by the goodness, goodness, of course. That night, a low pressure system forms, making Yuma send Charles and Jean to investigate. The next day, the Dust Devil reappears and was heading straight for Jack and Lloyd. A circle of stones was arranged by Jack and Majudi. The latter insisting that he alone must put the Dejunga to rest. The ritual works, and the tornado stops in its tracks. However, okay, so because they made this ritual circle, mm-hmm. that's what stopped the Gudas because it's no, no, yeah. hold on, it, it stops the the Dejunga temporarily because it's a Aboriginal god, uh-huh. and the Maori have infected the Aboriginal god. No, the Maori are thousands of miles away. Right <laughs> The Kudas. Any of our Maori listeners are like, dude, what did we do? <laughs> it's, it's not you, it's me. I'm not smart, and I didn't see this episode, I'll freely admit. So the Kudas have infected this <laughs> Aboriginal guy. Okay. Yeah, it works. Sure. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> now, the tornado stops in his tracks. It's really cool because um, these big. Like fang stones come out of the ground okay. in a circle around the dust devil. Okay. In a really nice effect, like these curved fang stones come out. Okay. And uh, unfortunately for everybody, uh, Yuma Hummers appear and shoot at it, and it causes the Junga to take an aggressive physical form. Uh, it proceeds to attack the Hummers until Jack turns into Ultraman, obviously. Of course. Um, the Junga, however, had the upper hand and keeps deflecting Ultraman's beams and shooting him down with his own. Um, now, of course, uh, at this point, we get the okay, Ultraman's blood because of Ultraman Earth polluted uh, atmosphere, you know, blah, blah, okay, blah. Okay, yeah, blah, the blah, three blah. minute timer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then he absorbs a bunch of uh, the Junga's lasers. Right. And uh, shoots it back. Fires it back, isn't it? Yeah. Use the energy beam to purify him of the Gudas virus and destroy him, returning peace to the outback. Uh, the Junga suit is based on a Tasmanian devil. Okay, fair enough. And the Tasmanian devil, i.e. The Warner Brothers Tasmanian yeah. devil. So here's our Dejunga. Okay, hold on. And you can just see one of the curvy fang rocks. Oh, yeah, there. okay. Yeah. Fair enough. He's a pretty great monster. Not a bad monster yeah, at all. Pretty okay. great monster. Um, and so then, you know, they, they, they go back and uh, it starts raining and it ushers in the rainy season. Uh, and then everybody's pretty happy about that. Right, of course, it's because dry. it is a desert. You want the raining season. Yeah. What I love about it is they're in the middle of the desert, and they go out to investigate, and the, the car wreck is still just over on its top, just burnt out, <laughs> <coughs> all exploded, just laying there. Like, yeah, well, I'm, man, it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. We don't have to clean it up right now. It's going to be very expensive to get a tank truck out of here. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm sorry for my horrific Australian accent that I'm drifting in and out of. I need those. What do you want? He wanted my glass. Oh, he wants me to go play with him. No, we got to do this, buddy. We'll play. In, we'll play after. Okay. <laughs> go down and eat your strawberries. Um, and yeah, so that's basically it about that one. It isn't it? Wasn't a, a uh, it's a simple kind of straightforward episode, but I like the fact that it had some like mysticism in it and um, some Aboriginal and, yeah, gods. That was cool. Know. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. I'll yeah. give it that. So uh, Dejunga is eighty-nine meters tall, seventy-four thousand tons. His uh, obviously origin is Earth in the Ultraman Great Universe. Right. 
Um, this is his first of two appearances. Oh, so he comes up again, in, mm-hmm. and he's got to come up again in this series, obviously, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this, as far as I would guess, this would be the only series that take place in Australia. Yes, yes. And I did like that because it is a very Australian um, episode, an Australian-centric episode, okay. because there's so much going on. Yeah, I mean, I um, know the first episode, it took me a good 10 to 15 minutes to realize it was an Australian thing mm-hmm, because they mm-hmm. finally did show a map of Australia. Right, right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, this one would have tipped you off because they go into like a, a pub and everybody is like super Aboriginal Australians. Oh, okay. Like, okay, fair enough. And they're all very flippant and they don't like outsiders. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Oh, so in the beginning of this, um, the commander decides he's going he needs uh, Lloyd to go out with Jack, right? And Lloyd's freaking out. He's like, I don't understand. Let me look at the way the guy dresses. He looks like an alien and blah blah blah. Uh, Hugh Jack Shindo walking in in a khaki shirt and jeans. And you're like Boy, he's strange that Jack Shindo. <laughs> hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> hmm. Well I wonder I don't see what your problem is, Lloyd, other than you're a horrific actor. Yeah. Horrific. Yeah, pretty much. He's very, very Oh good. God. Now the guy the taller, skinny guy with the glasses. Charlie. Right. Or comic relief. I like him, yeah. He's fun. Yeah. And he does the comic relief very well. Mm-hmm. The Asian looking girl and I have no idea the names I'm gonna I think it. she's Chinese. Whatever that Asian that yeah, look right. at you. Look <laughs> at you getting one right. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> she's good. The, the Jean girl, somewhat attractive. She echo, she and she's that, a very nothing, good actress. Nothing wrong with the accent either. Right, right. No, sir. You know, I, I give them their try. Yeah. At least this one, the girl the Jean girl. You can kind of figure she grew up in Australia because she's yeah. got a good Australian accent. Yeah, well, my guess is probably that the actor who plays Jack Shindo is at least somewhat Aboriginal. Yes. Because he he's got the dark features and yes. the hair. Yes. And, but I think he might be maybe half white. Maybe, Whatever it is. Whatever. He's at least part Aboriginal. Yes, right. Give him that. So uh, the Charlie... Charlie's your your regular Australian nerdy guy. I right. Think he's full Australian. Yeah. Um... The Our commander? commander is absolutely not Australian. I There's no way you could possibly prove to me. No, that. but I don't he's, think he's using a Australian accent either. He's just sort of he might be British. Uh, what's his maybe, name? Maybe, but he, I give him the Arthur fact, Grant. Yeah, that's a British name. Yeah, there's no way around that. Well, no, no, the, the actual well, Ralph it's, Cotterell is his real name. Yeah, and that that's, doesn't uh, change it any either. That doesn't really <laughs> hurt either. Uh, also, not a bloody. Not a bloody thing on that gentleman. Yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, considering this is a thirteen-episode series, there's yeah. not going to be a lot on these people. No, but I mean, there isn't anything on the actor either. Oh, okay. Oh, Kim, Kim, uh, Shellman, Grace Parr. So she's—I would guess she's Chinese. I guess. I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. Like I said, Asian kind of covers a whole big space, yeah. so I can get away with it. Yeah, Asian. sure. Yeah, we can look Considering it's the largest continent, it covers a lot of area. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> See? Stacking See? the deck. That's, <laughs> That's okay. That's your baby. That's right. So, yeah, um, I, we're going to get Pat's... Um, I'll watch it, and I'll tell you about ...general it impression week. on yeah. this. And I thought it was a very good episode, um, and uh, there's no building destruction in it. See, that's not right. There's well, it's either. out in it's out in the wilderness, okay. so you get nice vistas, and there's some. Are there any explosions of the vistas? 
that you recall? I do not recall any ex- Vista explosions. Although the car does explode when the Okay. <laughs> so at least they got there is one there is one piece of fire <laughs> Um, so basically, now does in the second one that we're watching today, does Charlie get shot down in that one? Yes. Oh, and, absolutely. Okay, cool. So it's not this one. All right. Yeah. I couldn't remember which one he gets shot. Oh down. yeah, he gets shot down. But I mean, would you consider this one? I know, again, I'll have to watch it. Uh-huh. Basically, sort of a filler episode where they were trying to build into others. Kinda. Okay. Kinda. Fair enough. They figured they had a really nice monster design. They would make it a little like, hey, Australians, this one is. It's Just Australia. for you, okay. Like, we're making this an Australian-centric show. You know, so like, why not we're going to try to really do some stuff that's, you know, pertinent to us. Okay. Where I would assume yeah. that if they did some sort of Canadian Ultraman, um, he would fight a Wendigo right. at, 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 at a Bob Evans. Or, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He defeated him with Timbits. Exactly. It's amazing. God, no. Um, But yeah, so we're going to be back in a few moments uh, with another episode of Ultraman Towards the Future, otherwise known as Ultraman Great, and it's going to be Blast from the Past. We'll see you in a minute. Okay, we are back, and we're uh, with another episode of Ultraman Towards the future, otherwise known as Ultraman Great. And then Pat, watch this one. <laughs> episode I'm not five. That dumb. I want to even say you asked me which two episodes. No, that via, was two weeks ago. Via text. Oh, that, that was, was two okay. Weeks ago. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I'll give you that. Now, on this one, the absolute puppet they used, because you can tell this is a puppet. Oh yeah. Until until awful. he fights him. Until Ultraman fights him at the end, obviously. I'm almost not proven that he actually fights him because there's enough. No, he's definitely the he's, there's definitely because there's definitely shots from overhead. Your favorite, where you can tell it's two guys in a suit. Oh, because right. the suit doesn't match the puppet exactly. Yeah, and the, the the problem I had with that the actual suit. Now that you really do point out that it was yeah. a suit, when they show them fighting, yeah, you lose the perspective because you can see where the actual stage that they are on is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the buildings in the mm-hmm. background are on a completely different level. So, right, because it's a it's a construction site, but it didn't look like a construction site that I've been on, and trust me, I've been on any number of them. Okay. Oh no, no, trust me. No, I'm just been. saying it was. <laughs> there was all sorts of equipment. They had two levels dug out. Maybe they're building a sub basement or a subterranean parking deck. I'm just trying to make it work. It didn't work. Oh, right. you're trying. It did not work. Because you could see the clear stage, yeah. the delineation. Oh, yeah, there was a shot where, he, where Ultraman was kicked into the dirt wall, and it should have collapsed or something. Right. And, and he, he was just did, like, Ugh. Fell back into it, and you're like, you know, I, I try to give them yeah. as much as I can. Yeah. But when it screams, this is filmed. This is a set, yeah. This is a set. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, okay, guys, really, I'm trying to let you slide right. as much as I can. And I give them a lot of credit from the beginning of the episode where he's storming through the city and breaks up a lot of stuff very nicely. Yeah, There was yeah. some nice slow motion explosions, which was cool. Right, and uh, I, I give them all of that. How the, great was he that he picked up a car in his mouth and threw it? And love You that. never see that. Don't see that never enough. Everybody knows the cars. You that. You think. You should see that. Yeah. But I mean, the, the purple puppet is awful. Yeah, it's, it's an obvious puppet. Like a lot of the other yeah, puppets. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not a guy in all fours. No. Um, it's a really just a marionette 
with the little legs. Yeah, it was done from underneath. Yeah, and it yeah, because you didn't see this, the the making of. No, I did not. I yeah, it's pretty cool. It. So what they do is they take boards and they lay it across a gap. Right. In an understage, right? Okay. So they have all the buildings going on on top, right? So right. So it's separated by, a, by an alleyway. Right. right. So there's two layers of buildings or more. And then they have people underneath it operating the actual puppet, the puppet right? So there's a guy with the head turning and the mouth, and there's people moving the arms. Oh. And then from the top, it's like, oh, there's a monster. But, you know, you see it from the bottom, you're like, well, that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do give them the fact that they do put a lot of work into the puppetry. I just, and it sounds bad, but I prefer the suit actors yeah, of course. to the puppets. Of course. Because at least it's, they don't have to try to film it three different ways yeah. to show you different sizes of scale. Right. It's basically, this is man size, so everything we build around Has to be the can be man size, and we can get right. different perspectives on man size. Yeah. Again, they're not shooting it in Japan. So these are not all people who have done this. A hundred times before. Yeah, these are not people who have been working on this show since 66. True. You know, True. you don't have guys who studied under Eiji Tsuburaya and were like, oh yeah, no, we would do it like this and shoot it at an angle and it would be all forced perspective right. and whatnot. And uh, soon, buddy. Soon. <laughs> soon, buddy. We're going to go soon. back out in a minute, okay? Anyway. Hey, Owen, can you say hi? Thank you. <laughs> that was my son, everybody. So um, go down and eat some more food and go see Mama. We eat your strawberries. Okay. He's like, I don't think I have any more strawberries. You guys keep telling me there's more. <laughs> so um, the, when uh, Baragas, the villain, first appears in the city, it prompts Uma, uh, Yuma rather, to attack it. And after a brief uh, scuffle, it retreats away with its gases while in reality... It takes the form of former UMA member Stanley, well, he's not an actual former UMA member, um, Stanley, to gain the trust of Yuma. Um, right, and there's a weird time effect that they use to get the creature to become yeah, Stan, yeah, yeah, yeah. and oh man, it didn't work for Yeah, me. there's also, he shows up and, and it looks like he shoots the monster to get it to go right, away. Right, right. And Jack's like, oh my god, is that you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, uh, I guess we both got saved from Mars. And and you're trying to figure out, we never quite saw how Jack got back from Mars. Well, you would assume so, that he turned into Ultraman and flew back. No, no, no. And like I said, we never quite, they never had right. to show it. Right. But So that's what we assume is Ultraman just flew him back yeah. from Mars. Sure. How this other guy got from Mars right. is now even worse because now Gudis, who's trying to take over the world... Mm -hmm. Is going to save this other guy to get him. It's a tool, sure. As a tool to get into. Uh, 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 huh? That makes sense. Uh, no. You, you sure it does. If you know that, if you know that you can have an agent on Earth operating as a human, the predominant species, quote unquote, okay. I'm making air quotes, and you're trying to like take over a certain planet, you want to have something that. Someone on the inside yeah. kind of deal. Now, do we think that Stanley was the one who sabotaged the freezer unit in that first episode? Because I don't remember if we saw his face, but we saw that guy in black run around. See, that it's a possibility, but I don't think so. Because I think they the Gudis took over, like you said, and just made a representation of Stanley. I think that right, Stanley okay. just blew up in the explosion of, okay, the, buy that. of the spaceship sure. in the first okay. place. I'll buy that. Uh, the only thing that, that doesn't work about that is at the end when he's like, when he throws Jack the pendant. 
Oh, but here's the problem. Because he's like... This is a actual two-parter. You haven't seen episode six? No. It's a two-parter. Ah, see, that doesn't help. <laughs> I'll let you know now. This is a two-parter. Yeah. And it doesn't wrap up nicely. No. It doesn't start. <laughs> Great. Awesome. I think this is... I thought this was one of the better episodes, and I'm like, okay, great. So, uh, Jack, uh, Stanley Stanley basically becomes, gets in with Arthur and everybody else in Yuma, and nobody seems to think that he's all that weird, um, except right. for Jack. Right, and then Jack and Stan fight each other for right. some reason. Well, because Jack comes in and finds the two... The two guys, the lady and the guy dead. By the way, extras are plenty in this episode. Oh, yeah. There's Yuma guys left and right in this. And that I like because I want to see yeah. more than just our few people. Right. That we I want to see support staff. Yeah. And I like the fact that, okay, we have support staff. Even if it's just that bald guy with the mustache that, like, who gets shot instantly. That scowls at everybody. <laughs> I'm going to lock you guys up. Yeah, talk about exactly. that. Exactly. And they do get locked up. Very quickly after the fight, right? Which I'm good with. I don't know who's right. I don't. Now know here's the wrong. question: Why did Stan take? Why did Arthur take the pendant? Because he took everything off both, except for the gloves. Anything that can be metal, because you can use right, metal yeah, to I'll escape a that. cell. I'll buy that. All right. You know, you're not going to use gloves to escape a cell unless you're turning into a gaseous creature. But right. that's not metal. No, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty metal. <laughs> okay. But, uh, um, but yeah, you're going to take anything metal off them because that would be able to scrape your way out of the cell. Sure. Sure. All right. Fine. You know, I, I gave it that. I was like, okay, I could see that. They're going to take all the metal pieces, including an amulet that nobody knows what it is. All right. right okay, right. fine. Hi. Hey, and like fine. you said, Stan then becomes the purple mist. Right. Wafts through the cell and re-solidifies outside the cell. And then takes the takes the gun off the guard, shoots him, and <laughs> then instead of just shooting Jack through the window, which would be the smart thing, he puts a Gudis booger on one of the... Uh, into uh, the cell somehow. Right. Into the slit well, of the cell. Well, he just kind of and leaves it on there, and yeah. it's great because you could watch it go... Yeah, and it, it, slides it was nice top. and disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll was, give it was, that. That was gooky. Yeah, that was not cool. <laughs> um... But uh, so he's like, yeah, enjoy your fate, enjoy your talk with Gudis, and he goes off, and then he he, he goes, he knocks lab. out Charlie, right, right, to take the amulet, right, and let and, and he, lets the Bunsen burner, right, blows it out, but lets the gas run, right. so that way eventually don't have to worry about the gas, explode. Charlie, yeah, and then he gets on the uh, oh, and he steals all the explosives, right, and booby traps the Hummers. Yes, um, because he just wants everything to explode. Right. By the way, great shot of Hummer destruction when they yes. blow that Hummer up. They do this that episode. Nice. There's a lot of nice destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give it that. And then he he gets in another Hummer with Gene, or did he get in a car? Car or Hummer? I forget. doesn't really matter. It's a vehicle of some sort. Right, and Gene's like, "What are you doing?" And he gasses her and knocks her out instantly. Yeah, yeah. And that's I'll give you the little spoiler. Infects her with the Gudas, mm -hmm. which is the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. the next episode, she's even more infected with the Gudas. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. That's why. You'll see. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, well, and then I don't the like woman that. knees stand in the groin before she gets gassed by that. That's when she goes... She says something like, that's, you know, you think it's a choice. This is 
bullshit. Yes. I, did she say the accent? Yes. She did. Yes. Okay. I rewound it like three times, and I'm like, hey. They can get this is on Channel 5. You know? <laughs> now, I'd love to know if that was in the original broadcast, if it slipped because no one could hear it because she's speaking with an accent. They just It just breezed past Just breezed right by it. <coughs> a possibility, but I doubt it. I'd like to know that. I'd like to know. If but. any of you guys saw it on its original run back in the 90s, let and us know. And remember 18 yeah. years later, which is what you're asking for. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I had seen that, I'd have been like, oh, by the way, <laughs> there is totally an episode where somebody swears. And this is where they, the Gudis and our Ultraman now get in the fight, and that's where they, I saw the bad scaling that they had, the bad right. set design. Right. And if they had put a building in front of them to kind of hide the where the actual Something. line of yeah. the set was... It probably would have been a better shot. Yeah. But the way it was shot, it lost all right, right. disbelief at all. Completely. Right. And he didn't have a great attack. He just basically held Ultraman down and smoked him out. Right. And that was the whole thing. <laughs> it's not a very mobile suit. Right. You know? It's not. And all they use is gas to hold him down. And you're right. Like, all right. And then Ultraman shoots him and flies away. Right. And seconds later, Jack is walking in, and he's carrying. Got, he's Jean. got a Jean who's all goopy, right? Because she's got a Gudis booger, and that is going to lead into yeah. our second. Right episode. now, we have to fight harder. Right, exactly. And since you haven't seen it, I will talk about it. That's good. Um, <laughs> I almost watched it today just because I was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to watch this." But then it would have if we'd have covered three episodes today. It would have thrown, thrown the whole off thing. your whole thoughts. Well, it would have because not no, yeah, it would have thrown off the process of the whole uh, thing of the podcast lasting as long as it needs to go before we go into Ultraman Red yes. Blue. No, I understand. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so um, let's cover our monster. Our monster is Baragas. He is 79 meters, 129,000 tons. Um, let's see. It seems relatively heavy. He is, he's a bulk. He's got some hips. Yeah, he's got some hips, I guess. Yeah, he's a, he's a stout monster. No, and know, also these fleshy whatever they whatever are. Whatever those are are going to hold some weight to yeah. yeah, I guess. Perhaps they're gas humps. I don't as know. As you would imagine. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> let's see. Um, I also liked the how Stanley was um, overacting in the most science fiction villain way. Yes. Like, yes. It, he was a scenery chewer. He, but well, he I like tried it. to chew the scenery as much as he could. Yeah. But bad guys, you let get away with that because that's their job. Yeah, exactly. Is let me chew scenery because that's why I'm here. Right, right. Uh, let's see. His powers and abilities. Poison gas. Um, can emit red poisonous gas from the holes on his spikes, hands, and head. Right. Teleportation. He can travel anywhere it wishes via the use of his own smoke. But again, it's the basically he can turn himself into yeah. gas, go through stuff, and then re-solidify, I guess. And a human... Uh, his human disguise. Okay. Okay. There you go. He also did have an action figure. And it was terrible. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, not a great-looking action figure. 
Oh yeah, yeah, not good at all. Not good at all. <laughs> Apparently, I, I there is no Bandai release. This is the, the U.S. DreamWorks one. Um, so he okay. has never gotten a, a Japanese release uh, because it was release. that bad. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that great, but the episode I enjoyed, and I liked the the, what it fun. said. I was, I was saying, like, okay, the Gudis storyline is coming to a nice fat head at this point. Right. Like, and again, with the next episode that you'll watch mm, for next week, right. they really st- start going deep into the Gudis. Oh, good, okay. So it's going to be fun. That's good. I enjoy that. Um, let me see here. Um, I, I had some Ultraman news here. Uh-oh. Toku. Ultraman Mebius takes over Toku's programming as of June 2nd, which you probably would have seen by now. Um, yeah, we're a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, let's see. As part of its industry leading efforts to provide its audience with more top quality tokusatsu content, Toku, the only 24 7 live and on demand television network dedicated to eye catching anime, Live-action titles and cult classics from Asia dubbed into English will feature the network premiere of three Ultraman Mebius side stories. Ultraman Mebius Gaiden Ghost Rebirth, Ultraman Mebius side story Hikari Saga, and Ultraman Mebius side story Armored Darkness. Okay. They will be on 6-2 starting at 2.30. In the morning or the evening? Uh, PM. Okay, thank you. So it's going to be... Uh, uh, Ghost Rebirth is on at 2.30. 8 o'clock is going to be Hikari Saga. And, uh, oh, they're showing it in direct order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half an hour epi- episodes yeah. all the way through. Okay. So basically, in the Land of Light, the Ultra Brothers receive an Ultra Sign, which came from the Monster Graveyard. Obtaining Zafi's approval, Ace and Taro depart to investigate the matter, while Mebius, on his routine patrol, was quickly notified by Zafi to join the investigation. That's the Ghost Rebirth. Okay. Uh, Hikari Saga. Hikari was once a nameless scientist in the Land of Light on a trip to planet Arab. He tried to protect the inhabitants from a monster. His lack of training put him at a disadvantage. However, he merged with the spirits of the fallen inhabitants, transforming into a powerful warrior. Oh, good boy. Knowing that the monster had invaded countless planets, he follows the monster to its next target. Earth. Earth. Obviously. Yeah. Well, would the next target be? Obviously. (laughs) Because where is the stakes if a and then um, maybe a side story is going to uh, Armored Darkness is going to be at nine o'clock. Sometime after Mebius's departure, Rio was promoted to captain, leading a group of rookies into battle. However, soon after destroying a monster called, Muk- just muddle through Mukadender. Close enough. There you go. His ship was sucked <laughs> into what they believe was a pocket dimension. Which was later revealed to be none other than the late Emperor's ship, Darkness Fear. Now, had I seen anything um, involving a lot of Ultraman media stuff, maybe that would make sense, but it doesn't. So, <laughs> well, I have I, all these, we just haven't seen them yet. Well, I mean, I haven't seen any of them, obviously. I've only seen what I've had to. That's right. <laughs> uh, and they're also launching a streaming website How similar to Crunchyroll. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's watchtoku.com. Uh, it launched on the past this past Tuesday. And as for Tokusatsu, it will be showing Neo Ultra Q. Two thumbs up for me on that. <coughs> Ultraman Neos. Right. Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle, both seasons. Okay. Ultraman Nexus, which I believe is also on Crunchyroll. Ultraman 80. Also Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll yeah. Ultra 7X. Uh, Ultraman Ginga. That's on Crunchyroll. Yeah. 
Ultraman Zero The Chronicles, which I think is like a kind of compilation series that they divide up stuff from the movies and whatnot. Okay, fair and enough. Kind of that's narrated and whatnot. And gotcha. the thing that really excites me is Gridman, which was a Tokusatsu show from the early 90s. Okay, um, I think early 90s. And it was like Ultraman that took place inside of a computer. So. Okay. There was a. Okay. It became a show in America called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. And basically. Never heard of no. Um, but we did talk about it because. Uh, what's his face? Tim. Uh, Tim. Uh, oh, bollocks. Tim Curry right. uh, voices Kilocon, the bad guy, in the American version. Okay. And yeah, because we talked about Tim Curry. Yeah, that's right. the only reason I remember it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, basically he releases viruses into like what is essentially the internet. Internet, I got you. And okay, fair enough. And they go the and the Ultra or Gridman goes in and fights them inside, and all the buildings are like big computer towers and stuff. Okay, and yeah, that's pretty. That's it's pretty cool because then you can just use whatever kind of skill you want because yeah. it won't matter. No yeah, yeah, exactly. To compare it to, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that they uh, they made way too many episodes in English um, out of a series that lasted like twenty three episodes. Oh, they made like forty out of it. Oh yeah, they broke so that they too much. Just gotcha. took special effects and turned them over. Uh, like you know, re- they shot it from like, like different they angles. Flipped the film basically. I gotcha. oh, yeah, so that's good. Uh, the service costs either three ninety nine per month. Oh, there you go. Or thirty nine ninety nine per year. Okay, you could save yourself a couple bucks by paying all for it all at once. Yeah, I'm like, Ugh, I got to get some of these people to, to sponsor, sponsor us. Sponsor us so that way we don't have to pay for it. Come on, you guys. We're not asking for a lot. I'm asking for $4 a month. <laughs> could, come on, you guys. We could tell you guys that it's but we're brought to you by Toku and Crunchyroll. It would be, and we'd love it. Oh, we'd love to do it. You have no idea day. how much we would love it. It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. I would like it so much. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. Next one is, uh, next episode is, oh, gosh, if only I could find the thing. Showdown. The showdown. And the episode after that is The Forest Guardian. Yes. Or at least that's what this is. This time I have them all written down. Oh, good. That's nice. Yes. So, yeah, guys, that's about it. Uh, We're going to see you in another week for two more episodes. And Pat's impression of the The Fables Lost fourth episode. (laughs) Not lost, just just lost to you, yeah. (laughs) I watched the wrong one. Yeah. He was like, so we're doing five and six there. I'm like, no. Oh, damn. Okay, I'll through. That's what I do about through anyway. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So that's it. And uh, we'll see you all again in a week. Take care, everybody. Sally Forth, guys. Music for this podcast was provided by Terminal Sunburn. Terminalsunburn.bandcamp.com. Contact the Science Patrol on Twitter at Ultraman Podcast. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Search Science Patrol or Ultraman Podcast and we'll add you. The Science Patrol is available on iTunes at ultramanpodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you subscribe and tell your friends. I'm Barbara Rossi. The Science Patrol is a Faces for Radio production.